with a look back over the weekend sports action. This is Full Time on KCLR with Sinead Kyo. Welcome along to Full Time with myself, Sinead Kyo. How are you all keeping? I have to say, I really did miss not being on the show last week, but a big thank you to Martin Quilty for filling in for me uh, and what a great job he did as well, uh, getting through all of the sport in Kilkenny and Carlo. And uh, just like last week, it's another jam-packed show, as it always is. We're going to be talking all about uh, the, the matches played at the weekend up in Crow Park, the double header there. Commiserations, of course to uh, St Mullins who were knocked out of the Leinster Championship yesterday after going unbeaten all year so real disappointed uh, real disappointment there for the Carlo men but uh, a little bit later on we'll be hearing from their manager Morris Aylward uh, you'll also hear uh, from the uh, the You'll also hear from uh, Pat Hoban as well from Ballyhale. They, of course, march on to another Leinster final um, after being given a little bit of a scare by Nace in the first half, but they put that right and they'll now meet Kill McCud Croaks in the Leinster final in a couple of weeks' time. Lots and lots more coming up on the show as well, aside from GAA. Uh, you're going to hear from Johnny Tobin, of course. Johnny has been on the show many times before. Uh, he is the head coach there in SETU Car. He's also coaching uh, Tullo RFC, so he'll be telling us all about the, the success of SETU Carlo and um, uh, what the, the lads and the ladies are up to in Tullo RFC as well. There's lots and lots coming up. Uh, we'll also hear from this one, I'm sure, if you're if you've any interest in, in strength and conditioning coaching, uh, do stay tuned to part two of the show where you're going to be hearing from Michael Muldowney. He's a strength and conditioning coach here in Kilkenny. Uh, he's also also a physical physiotherapist as well, so he'll be talking all about um, pre-screening um, in this pre-season time of year uh, and how you can avoid injury. So that's a really interesting one coming up later on. And towards the end of the show, we'll catch up as well with our old friend Harry Ewing uh, on everything that's happening in the world of golf. Uh, but of course, I can't not mention uh, the All Ireland Senior Champions Kilkenny dominating uh, the Camogie All Stars this year taking home eight of those places on the team and of course Brian Dowling winning manager of the year Miriam Walsh then as well uh, winning player of the year and just mentioning Miriam Walsh uh, our own Martin Quilty who of course filled in for me there last week he caught up with Miriam just after uh, she was given that award and here's what she had to say it's been a fantastic year for yourself, for the team, but you don't do things in halves, do you? You go along, you win an All-Ireland final, you then have a wedding to poor Noel um, <laughs> coming up in the middle of everything as well. It's been a pretty hectic year for yourself. How did you get through it all? Um, yeah, no, look, it was it was very hectic. I suppose I was lucky in the sense with work. I work for Resilience. They were so phenomenal working around me and giving me the time off that I needed to focus on the camogie, but yeah, no, the wedding was brilliant. It was over and a flash of a, a flash of an eye really it was a quick day but it was also an enjoyable day and it was great to have the Kilkenny Camogie girls share my special day with me and that's what sports about I suppose 
talk about the rest of the year to us as well winning second All-Ireland in three years 2020-2022 a bit special this year having everyone back in Crow Park but being in person here tonight as well with the All-Stars with all your teammates and picking up eight awards on the night as well with all your individual accolades it's been a fantastic year for everyone Yeah it's been absolutely brilliant Martin I suppose in 2020 your parents and family members were watching it from at home so this year our All-Ireland was just brilliant to have a full stadium back again and to be at an All-Stars Awards I can't really remember the last time I think it was even 2017 the last time I was not an All-Stars Award but no it's brilliant to be mingling with people again and we're just kind of happy to have uh, Covid behind us a small bit anyway so I know we're delighted to be back again and it's great to see the girls from all different counties you know chatting to the Galway ones the Mead ones the Dublin ones that's what it's all about that's what sport's about it's great exactly and sport is also about family as well because you can't do much without family in the background as well and Dick Welsh is going around with the biggest <laughs> smile on his face here in Crow Park this evening he's one proud daddy yeah no look he's very very proud and in fairness to him he said to me today look Mareem if you don't get the player of the year award I'll still be proud of you so that was good enough for me and it didn't put any pressure on me but no I'm absolutely thrilled and delighted that hard work paid off I heard you got a fresh fresh jersey during your wedding as well. Is the rumours of a transfer true? Oh, stop. No, no, it is not, Martin. I, as soon as they gave me a fresh for jersey, Dick was like giving all a Tullerone jersey. He was quick off the mark, but uh, no, I'll stay loyal to Tullerone or the Walsh household will... <laughs> won't be happy but no um, where I'm living in Freshford at the moment and it's a lovely parish but no I'll stick to playing with Tullerone for now The sash will still be worn by you next year <laughs> Oh it'll still be worn hopefully Martin yeah yeah no. Well Miriam Welsh congratulations on a fantastic year all came to a culmination tonight of the Players Player of the Year Awards and your third All-Star as well well done Thanks very much Martin Players Player of the Year has a lovely ring to it. That was uh, Martin Quilty speaking there to Miriam Welch after she received her third All-Star on, as you heard there as well, Player of the Year. We're going to take a quick ad break now. Coming up after the ad break, you're going to hear from a friend of the show, Johnny Tobin. So do stay tuned for that. Full time on KCL or so thanks to the full range of Volkswagen commercial vehicles at Lahards, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny. Lahardsvolkswagen.ie Full time on KCL or with thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at Lahartz, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartzskoda.ie. Welcome back to Full Time with myself, Sinead Kyo. Now, as promised, uh, I was saying just before the break that you would hear from Johnny Tobin. So lots of success there for SETU Carlo and for Tolo, the ladies and the women's teams. And uh, who is in the centre of it all but Johnny Tobin? And I had a quick chat with him just before coming on air. And uh, here's what he had to say. So, Johnny, I'll start off with uh, the SETU men's teams who are absolutely flying it at the moment, both joint top of their league. Yeah, yeah, we're flying it now at the minute, thank God. Um, we're actually playing a game on Wednesday, which hopefully could see us pip the league. Um, if we win and another result goes our way, we'd, we'd actually win the league, so it would be great. Um, our seconds have a semi-final there on Wednesday as well against Queen's University um, away at the, in Belfast, so that'll be it. A bit of a spin, but uh, hopefully we can get two home finals then uh, next week, which will be pretty good, you know. Our, our college ladies are in a, a league final on Wednesday. They, um, they've had a really rocky year. They've been playing a couple of 12-a-side matches. 
injuries have been going against him because as you know, same as the, the lads, the girls play a lot of club rugby as well. So it's kind of a logistic nightmare really to be playing, training Monday, training club Tuesday, playing college Wednesday, training club Friday and playing on Sundays. It's a, it's very taxing on the bodies, but the girls put up a good front now to be fair. They had 19 girls last week in a, in a semi-final against NUIG, which turned out to be a three-hour, 20-minute match. It went to extra time. It went to, it went to whole hog, and uh, our ladies pipped it in the end. Thank God that outscored NUIG 17 points to nil in extra time, so it finished 37-20. Um, and a very interesting game to be at, to watch, though, to be honest. But it's, it's great. It's great to see both uh, the ladies and men uh, in SCTU going very well again, so it's, it's great stuff. Brilliant stuff. And how do you see that game going on Wednesday? Uh, well, I'd hope it'll go in our favour, to be honest. It's hard to know. We're playing TUD ladies. They'd be, they'd be very strong. Um, lots of good numbers. The, the, the colleges in Dublin would have a, a greater a draw than what we'd have down here. You know, anyone that's involved with a Leinster setup or um, an international setup would, would more than likely go to Dublin as it's it's easier for them to get to academy trends and stuff in the mornings, you know, than tra- going to Carlow and driving back up and down to Dublin early hours in the morning. So they'd be strong, but look at it. It's a home final, which is, is great. We got to look at the draw on the toss of the coin when it's um, the ladies' league final is always the, decided off the toss of a coin, so it's great. Um, we got the home the home draw. Um, we get a good crowd up, and our lads are playing earlier Wednesday. Our seconds are, are, are we're going to be back in time and our first will just be finished just before it starts. So hopefully we get a good old crowd up at 6 o'clock on the main pitch in, in SETU. So hopefully they get good support because they've been going well all year, to be fair. To stay mustering on with 12 and 14 players playing 12-a-side games earlier in the season to having 19-20 back up now this week. So that'll be, it'll be good for them. And uh, Johnny, I have to talk to you about Tolo as well. Uh, I know that you're, you're a coach there in your home club, uh, Tolo RFC. Uh, they are happy out at the moment, sitting pretty there at uh, third place on the league table. Uh, you, you must be delighted with uh, their form at the moment. Yeah, they're going very well. I was just speaking to the head coach, Morris, there yesterday about what after we beat Kildare yesterday with a bonus point win at home, which is very, very good no matter what opposition you're playing bonus point wins are hard come by so um, it was really good to get the five points there and I was just saying like that if you look back at last year we weren't in anywhere near as good a spot uh, mentally even as where we are on the table now like compared to what we were this time last year I think we were second from bottom this time last year um, with the same number of games played but we're, we're going very well We've we're the second highest in points scored and we're with the third best record in points against, so we're, we're, defense is obviously going very well. Our attack is obviously going well too, and with the most bonus points in the in the table as well, which is really impressive. With six bonus points from from six games, so um, we've been coming away with something from every game, which is really really positive. I think just at the moment, what what's happening is we're, we're getting really good leads early. Um, we're kind of getting comfortable, or maybe maybe a little bit complacent and. We're sitting back then allowing teams to attack us, which caused a bit of a problem because against better teams, you don't get to hold on to them wins. Um, so, but look, I think I spoke to you at the start of the year about this, that we were going to aim for winning the league and with a lot of good young lads coming in and we still have them young lads are still there. I just think the transition period is taking a little bit longer for some of the older boys to maybe allow the younger lads to come to the light. And maybe for the younger lads, they may, might be a little bit afraid maybe or... I don't know, maybe a little bit worried about stepping up and grabbing things by the neck and just going with it, you know. So I think when that clicks, I think when the transition period ends and 
the older lads maybe trust a little the younger lads a little bit more the younger lads maybe flourish I think it will really kick off and I, I can't see us being uh, being handled too easily when that clicks because the quality of player we have at the moment even in the back line um, which we, we predominantly wouldn't be known for backs we would normally be known for 10 man rugby um, but we've some quality quality players in the back line two of which are actually represented at the Irish Universities team at the moment they've been training with them um, Scott Sullivan and Adam Johnson they both go to college here in SETU as well, so I'd know them quite well, obviously. But um, it's just—it's incredible. It's incredible to see the balance, and, and when, it, when, like I said, when it clicks, I think we'd be hard stop for anybody in that division. Johnny, you mentioned there about you know you're worried that complacency might creep in. Definitely can't be complacent against their uh, in their next game against uh, Wicklow. That's going to be a home game now, but Wicklow currently top of the table. That's going to be a big challenge. Yeah, massive. Like, and we went to Wicklow at the start of the season, and nobody, including myself, even gave us a chance. I remember we done a podcast with the knock on there with Stephen and the lads. And uh, we're like, ah, we could, everyone had them pipped as favourites and everyone was worried about them. And we went up there and we got a losing bonus point. I think, I can't remember the exact score. It was 29, 24 or 20, 27, 24, something like that. It was very, very tight. Um, and we ran them close. I think if there was an extra 10 minutes in that game, we could have pipped them. So that kind of set the tone then for our year. But that definitely can't be complacent with them because to be fair to them, they're very well coached. Dan Van Zyl does a great job with them. There's some very, very good players. Um experienced players too in, in top flight matches where it matters so I just I, I hope that the kick maybe happens this week because then like if we win this game against Wicklow at home on Sunday that would sit you safe in the league going into Christmas there'd be like you're, you're kind of you're too far away from relegation um, but then the other side of it you could be you mentally then could be too far away from the win of it either winning the league but a win would definitely be would be really really positive for us going into the break at Christmas, getting two to two and a half weeks off, um, get bodies recharged, get ready for for the, the for January because January is going to be very very hectic because now they're kind of moving the cup into the middle of the league again, so there'll be a lot of games to come forward. But um, yeah, complacency can't can't play a factor this Sunday or even this week, even in training uh, Tuesday or Friday. We have to be really really clued on for the rest of the week and just switched on it. Like we only have, we probably have maybe, I don't know, four and a half hours of, of work to do and to sit us pretty for the, rest of the, for the rest of the league where anything after that then becomes a bonus. So like once you're safe, then you can just, you can just throw caution to the wind and, and go at the league, you know, and you've nothing to worry, you've nothing to fear because you're safe. Like, you know, but this time last year, we were very fearful of going down and getting relegated. We, we had a turn at Christmas, which saw us um, get back up the table very, very quickly. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully that switch on now and they, they recharge the batteries and the, the heads are right because the environment is good at the moment. Sean is out there as, as much as possible. Um, Sean and Morris are doing a, a lot, a lot of groundwork. To be fair to them, and they're, look, it's a building process too. They're trying to nourish these young lads in and trying to get the link between the older boys, the likes of Frank Murphy and, and Joe Waters, and these lads who are around a, a block a long time to try bring in the likes of Fia Kavanagh and Adam Johnson, who are just up from youth rugby, and Scott Sullivan and these lads. Um, but yeah, like I say, once once that that click happens, I think we'll be we'll be very very strong, and very very big big threat for anybody.
in that division now to be honest We'll be wishing you all the best here in, in KCLR uh, for that uh, big game on Sunday uh, Thanks a million for, for chatting to us again on the show It had been a while uh, we, we missed the, the chats uh, on here on Monday's show which is Johnny but listen thanks so much for, for coming on and we'll talk to you again soon No hassle mind yourself that was Johnny Tobin there uh, talking to us about all of the success that they're having down in SETU, Carlo, and of course in Tolo RFC as well. Now switching our attention uh, back to GAA for a moment, I mentioned at the start of the show that you'd hear from Morris Aylward, of course St Mullins doing great stuff all throughout the year going unbeaten but uh, came to the end of the road there yesterday when they were beaten by Kilmacud Croaks and Mar- uh, Brendan Hennessy our own Brendan Hennessy caught up with a very depleted it has to be said Morris Aylward after that game and here's what he had to say Morris it just wasn't to be I suppose St Mullins are much better than what the final result was but you never got going and missing the penalty to start didn't help your cause No we didn't get going but I put a lot of the blame on ourselves really we didn't get going but to get the penalty might have made a big difference would have made a big difference but then we missed another goal ourselves at the other end and they grew in confidence then and they were just able to do what they wanted to do really They were slick I know you're not a man to talk about controversy but for the penalty everybody in Croke Park felt they should have been reduced to 14 men what was your own view? Yeah, well, uh, the penalty definitely was a very high tackle, dangerous tackle, yeah. Um, your talisman, Marty Cavanaugh, I know a lot re- relies on him in playing for St Mullins with James Dale, but it seems Crokes had their homework done, they never really gave you any space out there, any ball that you didn't get. Well, they had their homework done, and um, I suppose you have to say, in our case, the big men didn't turn up, or in their case, the big men did turn up, and that was a big difference. And just reading away from St Mullins on your own personal level, Morris, you were undefeated in Croke Park coming in today, so a little bit of a disappointment. You had a 100% record, but I know some people say you lose more in sport than you'll ever win, but that's a little notch gone from you, and you had a great record here. It's not about me, yeah. Brendan, it's about the team, and I'm disappointed for St Mullins' team, and I'm disappointed for the supporters. It's just a great day for the club. Powerful, but the reason you're disappointed is because you know they're much better than what they showed today. They are better than what they showed, but like at the same time, we're lethargic all over the field. You know, I mean, we were just second to every ball. We have to question something, whether it's our, as a managers or coaching or what, but there's something we were lacking there. Maybe the Crow Park got to some of the players, I don't know, but the people that I expected might give the lead were probably a little slowest on the field. So Didn't happen? Didn't happen. We were second to every ball. We, were, we lost every 50-50 ball. And that shouldn't happen because we're not a small team. We're a big team. When the ball gets on the ground, we should be able to handle that, and we weren't. Generally, the Kilmacud man came out with the ball. So, and I suppose before the penalty was given, I think you had four ways and the right either scoring opportunities. Realistically, you should have had one four on the board that you hadn't got then in the end by yeah. missing those chances. As well as the penalty, we missed two great chances of points. Anyway, two great chances. Like, and if we had to get that kind of start, and all our training was geared to get that kind of start, and the way we picked the team was geared to get that start, but it just didn't happen. That was uh, Morris Aylward there talking about his side St Mullins defeat yesterday uh, to Kilmacud Crokes and very refreshing stuff there from Morris Aylward making absolutely no excuses uh, for his side but uh, I do have to congratulate St Mullins on uh, you know their, their great campaign that they had uh, all year unbeaten up until yesterday of course we're going to take a, a quick ad break now coming up after the break we're going to hear from strength and conditioning coach Michael Muldooney so do stay tuned for that. Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartsskoda.ie. 
full time on KCL or with thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, laheartsskoda.ie. Welcome back to Full Time with myself, Sinead Kyo. Now, just before coming on air, I spoke to Michael Muldowney. Uh, Michael, I've had on the show, you might remember a couple of months back, he's a physiotherapist, strength and conditioning coach, and he also was involved with the uh, Kilkenny Senior Hurling team for many, many years. And I was talking to Michael about uh, pre-season screening, how to prevent, how to come across maybe vulnerable areas uh, that uh, might cause you injury in the future. Talking about uh, strength and conditioning this time of year as well in the pre-season really really interesting chat and um, I'm going to play that for you right now. Michael just with regard to the pre-season screen and then it's something that I've been hearing a lot about recently Um, can you just explain what that is and why it's beneficial this time of year to do those screens? Yeah well basically your teams usually have wound down at this stage, okay? You have your Valley Hale still going and things like that, but most teams are finishing up now, so usually they let them off and then maybe take a four, four to six-week break. Um, and then you start thinking about the next season. So what teams are doing, is it starts at all levels, starts at Inter-County. We walk it down, it's gone down to junior level now with clubs as well, and it's even in with the Camogie. So what you don't want is some simple injuries occurring next year during the season, okay? So every player, male or female, is uh, broken. Sometimes you can do a collective screening, uh, bringing them all together. But usually what we do, we spend an hour, roughly an hour, 45 minutes to an hour with each player. And we screen them from head to toe, and we look at every muscle from from the shoulders down to the feet. So we're basically trying to prevent injuries. The big injuries in the GA in particular are uh, cruciates and uh, hip injuries. And because it's obviously it's not straight line movement, it's twisting and turning. So if I have a copper weakness, um, usually I use a colour code system and green is good to go. Now, very rarely of a panel of maybe 30 players, 35 players, you might get two that would be green. I'd use a track light system. Majority would be an orange. You give them a warning, you find the problems, we address it. Or red is they fail the test. And lads will come in and say, Jesus, Mike, I don't want, I don't want red, I don't want red, I don't want to fail it. But I mean, that we, we'll fail them is to prevent uh, them getting a major injury, as in, say, a cruciate or uh, hip problems on the road. It's a major cost to the player, personally. It's also a massive cost to the club or the county um, to have anything. So I can't predict a contact injury, but we'll cop weaknesses. Um, I give them an exercise prescription. Uh, they deal with that. Um, if they're red, they cannot, they're not allowed the next near and nearer feel until I pass them fit. And on every player that comes through to me, then there's a there's um, a report given back then to the um, to the management, and they can see. So in in that screen, and then you're looking at their weights, their body fats. Um, so obviously that will change as the year goes on. Obviously, if the train, if the body fat's going up, then you'd wonder what's going on. And and then you you ask them some personal questions themselves about training and about the positions of play, any past injuries, anything like that. So all this goes back then an Excel sheet to management, and they can look at that and then break it down. So. I can't hold every player's hand. I've given them the stuff to do. And if I had this at county level, a past county, where two players went down uh, with hamstring injuries during the year, and the manager asked me a question straight away, and I said to him, I said, look at the, easy, uh, the, the Excel sheet I gave you. Those players, were, that was highlighted, I said, at the start of the year. So he said, fine, that was it. So there was discipline issues then for the two players, you know. 
Yeah, and I think as well, Michael, what uh, what a lot of management are into now is trying to root out these problems before they manifest. So, you know, we always hear a lot about uh, rehabilitation, but this is more about prehabilitation, if you like, yeah. and, and just yeah. trying to, yeah. you know, they always say prevention is better than, than cure. So it's yeah. about actually identifying vulnerabilities, maybe, uh, where a person might uh, sustain an injury and just trying to, to get to that before it becomes a major problem. Yes, and, and that is it. I mean, you want a player to play, you know, for the, the best they can and even make them better. I mean, I've caught weaknesses of players and I, we, I do this in athletics. We do it and it's not just the GA. It's done, it's done in most sports now, you know what I mean? I work at rugby as well. So we, we do all these things and you're trying to make them a better player. And obviously, number one, you're trying to prevent injuries so that, the, the, you know, it'll function better during the year and improve as each, each year goes on. Like, for example, I had a, a club come back to me last year, a senior club in Kilkenny, and they had no injuries all year bar the last game they had three contact injuries so it was a very effective year for them a very good year they got the return on the on the uh, pre-screening um, done at the start of the year and some teams usually it's done around October, November it goes a bit later now because of the new club scene uh, since last year but um, you, yeah I, I think it's, it's, it's a massive and it's obviously a massive saving to a club I mean some clubs could be paying out 10, 15,000 on medical bills every year you know, um, on top of the cost of everything else in running the hurling club, which, I mean, balls alone could be five or six grand. Like, so it's, it's massive money. Yeah, it's definitely an, an investment. Um, just looking kind of elsewhere then um, with regard to pre-season and, and just getting ready for the year ahead, could you just talk us through strength and conditioning this time of year? Uh, what does that consist of, Michael? Yeah, you have a lot of GA. You, you've every club now. It basically from junior up are doing um, a lot more strength and conditioning. It, it, we were ignorant of the facts years ago, and now they're doing it. And players want to do this, and it's also brought into the school curriculum now. I mean, as part of leaving start subject. So um, what they're doing, they're doing it as the year goes on. They start off roughly, you know, uh, you're starting your pre-season, and, and most players, be it male or female, also when the hurling season. Uh, stops or the camogie season finishes they enjoy the break for a few weeks and they wind down but then they get restless and they want to push themselves their athletes they want to push themselves they want to make themselves stronger it's a permanent effect so they'll actually start doing things themselves even if the club weren't looking at it you know um, if they weren't doing anything else they might actually go off and play alternative sports for the winter they want to keep themselves active very rarely will you see a player now just sit down on the couch for the, for the winter months so what they'll do is you give them a break then, and then usually it, now at this stage it usually comes from, from clubs themselves from management in clubs say right we need to start uh, looking at the, the season ahead um, and then might collectively say, you know, they want to go off and do their own thing. Some players will come in of their own accord and say, I want to, uh, a gym program. I want to find my weaknesses. So maybe they'll do the, the screening first. We address their weaknesses. We give them a home exercise program to do and then pro- progress into a gym environment. Um, then they would, um, the, the clubs would say, right, we need to set up a program. I've already been talking to a senior club in Kilkenny and they've started actually uh, uh, their session for next year. Do you know what I'm saying? Now they start off very light. It's just an introductory thing, make it sure it's safe um, and, and, and knowledge-based about what to do because you have young lads coming through the ranks that have never lifted up a weight before in their life, you know. Now, in saying that, on about that, I have young lads who will come into me from schools around and they'll say, Michael, I'm on the development squad for Kenny or Wexford and I want to do a weights program. Now, I know sometimes when I assess these lads, they can't even do a press-up, you know. So why would you add an external influence to the body when they can't manage your own body weight first? At the end of the day, on the field of play, it's your body weight against gravity then you add an external influence to the body. So the year is progressed. And then when the club goes back, maybe in January, February, 
they might start off with three sessions uh, a week in, in a gym and then as the year goes on in the league you might bring it down to one, two sessions and then when it comes to championship you might be on what's called a power phase which is one session um, which would be probably around September and it's starting off am I right Michael with just kind of low intensity then it's it's um, but I yeah. imagine that that's something that players can struggle with too because when they've made up their mind right and back into training now full beast mode they they can um, they can maybe lack a little bit of patience they want the results straight away is that a challenge as a strength and conditioning coach just to be like no lads and ladies you need to kind of just uh you know take it down a few notches just starting out or, or would I be wrong in saying that this time of year is it less intensity this year you know you're correct it's, it's good um, you see you also got to think of the you got me the mindset of the young the young player coming in the male or the female that's coming in I mean I was you know 18, 19 months and you just think you can do whatever you want I know and when it comes to the strength condition or training we go into a thing called periodization and planning and you know progressively and you have to inform the players why I'm doing this you know what I mean because like you have to build the foundation, so you start off low in what we call a hypertrophy phase. You know, it's usually what you just a general understanding of that people would be maybe high reps, less weight. Do you know what I'm saying? And then you go into um, a strength phase, which are starting to bring the reps down higher the weight. The power phase, then it's a, it's a bit quicker weight, so you're building speed. But you have to inform the players. Now you're also dealing with. Um, social media um, the social media influence the internet and things like this and um, PTs online as well like that and some of them are very very good but some of them are not that great and you have to keep your players on site and they have to understand that you're guiding them and you're coming from experience and this is what we want you peaking at the right time next year for the right be the league or be a championship and that's crucial really as well it's about peaking at the right time because we did see um, I won't name any teams but I think we'll all draw our own conclusions if you look from, if you look at the, the league the Hurling League last year uh, teams that were absolutely flying it in the league and then it comes championship time and they crash and burn so that can be you know it's, it's all about timing I think as well isn't it uh, Michael when it comes to training and getting it right yeah, it's all about timing and it's all about honesty between the players and management and communication. And we have to know how the players are feeling. They're monitored as the year goes on. Even in the off-season, they're monitored. Do you know what I mean? We look at different parameters. Some use GPS, some use the, the bar scale. We look at heart rate. There's all these different apps out there. We feed back. We have to listen to them if they're fatigued. I've been dealing with a particular sport there in the last week or two. Um, a very, very serious training camp away, came back, big into competition, and now they're all sick. You know, and they didn't monitor the player. Basically, players are burnt out. Uh, a good athlete, their their immune system is is, is running low anyway because they push themselves so hard. But I mean, usually you train hard, you wind down. You know, I know myself. I might do a bit. I go for runs and do things. And, and and when I want to wind down, my wind down week, I see no, no. There's a psychological battle going on. I'm going to do a PB this week. I'm going to do redo this, but I have to wind down. So on the fourth or fifth week, that'll up my intensity again because, like. The benefit from training is in recovery. And what is recovery? Rest, hydration, nutrition. But we have to get the rest in. Do you know what I'm saying? The body can't keep working over at a high level the whole time. And so you're working hard. Usually sometimes we use a three-week phase, work hard for three weeks, unwind the fourth week, and up the intensity on the fifth week. 
And Michael, people can often neglect the the recovery side of that. Now, this year we did have the split season and, you know, it's come in for a little bit of criticism. But I think by and large, players have been very much in favour of the split season. And I think for the first time um, in in quite a while, we've seen a true off season where they've actually had that opportunity to really rest and restore their bodies. Do you think now coming into uh, the 2023 season, we're going to see an enhanced performance because of that lengthy break that they had in the off-season? Um, I'd say you would definitely at the top-level teams or the top-level athletes. I mean, I'm talking about inter-county senior clubs, but you can have a, a you can have a player at junior level and he's trained the same way as an inter-county player. He has the mentality and he has the approach to the same thing, you know? So definitely you will, but like, even what they're doing this year is next year is better. It's building each year. They always go back to the side of the permit. You know what I mean? It, it takes years to get up to that top level to reach a peak performance. Do you know what I'm saying? So what you're doing this year, you're wise, you're learning from it, you're learning from your body and you're working together with your certain condition. You're working with management. Everything's taken in. Uh, like you said, you had a nutritionist last week. Nutrition is a very, very important part of recovery. So you bring it all in together and you bring it on for next year. And next year you're good. Next and following you're going to be better again. You know what I mean? You know, uh, Olympians train hard for four years. They have to peak for the right competition at the right time. They're not at the peak in the first year. They want to peak for certain competitions, be it nationals or Europeans. So it's a, it's the same with a hurler. We look at the matches during the year when we want to peak far and when we hold that far. We have to unwind as well because otherwise come all, all around final time and it's happened. It's happened in the past. We peaked at the wrong time. I could name teams, two teams peaked at the wrong time and they just, that was it. They, they, they walked out of there they're like rabbits in headlights. And Michael, so this time of year now, you know, we're we're um, we're almost into December. You always have teams, players, even at this time, they're thinking ahead to, to next season. They're trying to get ahead of the curb. How? What kind of advice would you give to anyone that wants to get that edge, wants to get that advantage? What should they be doing this time of year in terms of their uh, strength and conditioning and, and looking after their bodies and preventing injury? I would say when your team is finished, listen, enjoy the wind down. I think it's very, very important. I, I had a player from a senior club in Kilkenny to me recently, and he just, he's just, he's, he's on the edge the whole time. He's working the whole time. He has the right mentality. But I've had to talk to him and try and bring him back down because he'll just get burnt. He will become burnt out. If he becomes burnt out, then fatigue will set in. Fatigue leads to injuries. You know what I'm saying? So you cannot, you have to explain them and give them this knowledge that they need to unwind. They need to form, some people can't unwind. They need to, you know, uh, look at their own well-being, mindfulness, uh, yoga, flexibility. Look at alternative things. This is the time to do it. But I would say, like, at a county, it's all taken care of, really. The, you know, the, the county lads would be in, they'd be screened, they'd be, they'd be taken very, very professionally well taken care of. But at some clubs, like players will come in and draw a card and say, listen, this is what you need to do. Come in, I'll screen you for an hour, we'll find the issues, we'll strengthen you up, we'll give an exercise prescription, address these weaknesses, and then we'll come back, then we'll start then your own strength and conditional program, be it, you know, be it light weights and introductory to weights, and then getting the weights on. But we start off with body weight first, and then we introduce external influences to the body. So then they don't know, they're enjoying it, and it's also an education curve, because so a gobbledygook for some young players coming through but then they get to know it and they get used to it and then generally they get back to the clubs they're in good condition and then you build it on some players will come to you all year and you will advise them how to progress that as the year goes on but if they've been doing this for a few years they have to they, will pull, they won't stop they will pull it back it'll be maybe higher reps lighter loads go out and enjoy it do you know what I'm saying but the very very important part is let the body recover otherwise they will just get burnt out even psychologically they will just get burnt out 
Yeah, definitely. And it's something that we all need to remind ourselves of that it's okay to actually take a bit of a break. We can punish ourselves a lot and, uh, you know, we can get down on ourselves if we if we see ourselves resting, but that's all part of the, the process. Listen, it's always a pleasure talking to you, Michael. Thanks so much for all of that yeah. advice and um, all yeah. those tips for, for anyone that is looking to yeah. thinking ahead for to, to next year and how they can improve their performance. But yeah. uh, thanks a million, Michael, and we'll chat yeah. to you again soon. Yeah. No problem. Okay, thanks, Sinead. Thanks. That was uh, Michael Muldowney. I had a chat with him just before coming on air. Uh, such a pleasure always to talk to, to Michael. Great insight there uh, into the world of strength and conditioning uh, and pre-season screening as well, which I hadn't really heard of. Uh, only in the last couple of weeks um, I heard about that screening process, which is very helpful for, for anyone that's looking to prevent uh, injury in the season uh, coming up. Uh, so just before we go to an ad break now, I just just want to give you a quick rundown on some of the other sporting results from Kilkenny and Carlo. I want to say a huge congratulations to Chloe Black and the Carlo Mai Tai team on her gold medal, no less in the IFMA International Antalya uh, Mai Tai Open Championship. Chloe came out as the most technical athlete in the junior women's category, so well done to Chloe. Uh, in soccer as well, there was uh, FAI Cup action this week for three Kilkenny sides. Derek McQuinlan and Mikey Drennan both grabbed hat-tricks for the Evergreen uh, team and the Kilkenny side, they came away with a huge win there, 9-0 over Grangedale. Uh, Bridge United also advanced to the next round after beating Monred uh, 3-2 in Kildare, while Kilkenny Division 2 champions uh, St. Canis's bowed out after a loss to Castle Bar. And in Carlow in the National Premier Division, New Oak Boys had a 2-1 win over Cretillard United while Kilry Celtic defeated Ballymurphic Celtic by uh, four goals to one. And don't forget, you can get the full rundown of results on CDFL and KDSL websites. Um, and then finally, in ladies football as well, Kilkenny LGFA have confirmed that they will enter an adult ladies team into the 2023 Little National uh, Football League. Uh, so management uh, have also uh, the the, man, the management lineup. That has also been confirmed uh, and training is set to commence this week. So good news all around there for Ladies Gaelic Football in Kilkenny. We're going to take a quick ad break now. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk to our good friend Harry Ewing. So do Harry Ewing, so do stay tuned for that. Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, LaHartsSkoda.ie. Carlo Kilkenny KCLR Welcome back to Full Time with myself Sinead Kyo now as I mentioned just before the break I caught up with our good friend Harry Ewing professional golfer Tree Off The Tee podcaster as well it's been a long time since we spoke to Harry about all things golf so uh, as I said caught up with him just before coming on air and here's what Harry had to say Harry, good time for Irish golfers right now. Uh, Leona Maguire, her star continues to rise. Yeah, absolutely it does. We've just finished here in Spain yesterday evening in the season finale on the Ladies European Tour. Leona made her way over from Florida where she finished in a brilliant second place only last week in the in the season finale on the, on the US Tour. And then she did a quick hop from Florida down to Spain and finished fourth here in Spain as of yesterday. So look, She's finished her season very strong, Sinead. She's had a fantastic year. Obviously, 
that win back in February. It seems such a long time ago now at the start of the season, but an iconic win to be the first Irish woman to win on any professional golf ladies tour, never mind the American one. But she's she's bookended that by really performing well at the end of the season. And whether you look at career money this year or rankings or whatever, she's ticking a hell of a lot of boxes. So I'm sure when she sits down at Christmas, a lot of her goals that would have been planned at the start of the season have come true. Definitely. And look, there's a lot I want to talk to you about that we, we have a short uh, time frame to, to squeeze it all in. But it's been a while since I chatted to you, Harry, and uh, I wanted to bring up Rory McIlroy. I know we talk about him a lot whenever you are on the show, but the current world number one, uh, I think really he's one of those players that golf, like Tiger Woods, they really rely on, don't they, to bring in revenue. But there just is something about Rory uh, that just people get very excited about watching him play and at 33, you know, still a very long career ahead of him. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose we're kind of witnessing uh, the second coming of Rory's career. I suppose he he definitely had a, a bit of a lull, shall we say. And, and when we talk about the majors, that lull is still there. He hasn't won a major since August of 2014, which is a long time ago now. But look, as you rightly said, he's back to world number one. He's, he's number one on the U.S. rankings. He's number one in the European rankings. The guy can do no more apart from winning majors. And Look, he's putting himself in a very good position at the end of one year as we look forward to the start of a new year. So let's see, can he continue to bring that form through? Obviously, the first major will be back at Augusta again in April. That is a few months down the road, and, and you'd hope that the form he's in now will continue but look there's so many good players up at the top of the world rankings yes he's number one but on a given week uh, number 21 could could win a golf tournament but it's great to see him back you're right he turns the needle in the same way that Tiger Woods does from the point of view of eyes on golf and, and viewership and, and just everything around the sport of golf is driven by a small number of players and, and Rory is right at the top of that group of players Fortunately we have to leave it there Harry but it's been a pleasure talking to you uh, don't leave it so long the next time before you join us on full time again I won't Thanks, <laughs> Thanks a million Harry Okay talk to you soon that was Harry Ewing there. Always great to catch up with Harry and get all of those golfing updates. Uh, unfortunately, that's all we have time for today. My thanks to all of the guests that I had on between uh, six o'clock and now. Do join me back here next week for another edition of Full Time. But Owen Carey is up next. I will talk to you again very soon. Carlo Kilkenny KCLR.